Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 277 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be in your earbuds again this week. And at the time that I'm recording this episode, there's just a a lot going on, depending on where you are in the world or in the US. uh, Delta certainly seems to be um, raging, for lack of a better term. And there's just some really heartbreaking news coming out of Afghanistan And I just want to, you know, just take a moment. This is not a news podcast. I'm not going to start talking about the news um, or anything like that. But I do just want to mention that it's okay to take a break. Um, I know this was supposed to be everyone's like hot vax summer, and it just feels a little bit like a flop. And so if you're feeling uh, just kind of defeated or just exhausted emotionally, physically, uh, you're definitely not alone. And um you know, just, just take good care of yourself. It's, there's a lot going on right now. Um, my friend Veronica Pretty, who I've had on the show a lot, um, she's the astrologer. She talks a lot about how we are meant to be alive right now. And so sometimes, cause I feel like, Oh God, we're so screwed. Um, our children and our grandchildren, they're all screwed. Everyone's screwed, but we are meant to be alive right now. I'm meant to be alive right now. You are meant to be alive right now. And so we have work to do to be good citizens, good people, kind, kind to ourselves, kind to others, kind to our neighbors, kind to our potential partners, our friends, you know, all that kind of stuff. But in order to do that, you've got to take good, good care of yourself. So 
even if you think you're pretty good at your self-care, you know, I think we can all stand to turn it up a few notches. Now, again, I am recording this episode a few weeks in advance, so I don't know exactly what the state of the world uh, will be at the early, you know, part of September, but, um, you know, I think we all could probably up the self-care a little bit anyways. So that's my little soapbox moment for the episode. And we're going to get right into it. I think you're really going to like this episode. And one of my favorite things actually about personal growth, and I think one of the things that has really captured my attention with personal growth and transformation, really since I was a little girl and reading personal development books and chicken soup for the soul books and all that kind of stuff is like, there's just so much complexity to being a human and the human spirit and to growth, you know, like, I think a lot of you all can probably relate. We're really good at achieving goals in the workplace or in finances or just in other areas of our life that feels like there's more of like a step-by-step process. So like in school, it's like, oh, I finished elementary school, going to middle school, going to high school, going to college, going to grad school, then you get all these degrees and then you get a job. And then, you know, so like there's very clear linear steps. And when it comes to personal development and, and specifically relationships, but really anything that, I don't know, that just has to do more with our personal lives. Like it's not so step-by-step and do this one, two, three, and then boom, you'll have everything that you want in your life because there's just more nuance and there's other people involved usually, and there's emotions and there's our old wounding and fears and beliefs and the way we see the world. And then someone else's fears and beliefs and their inner wounding and the way they see the world and all that kind of stuff. I love grappling with all that stuff. I love digging into it. So I want to just tell you that one, because, you know, if you've been in this world for a while, personal development, then I really just find that it's not really going to be a world that you're ever out of because you're never going to be quote unquote done with it. It's more of just like a, a home we've decided to reside in for the rest of our lives for, you know, for better or worse. But I, I really just tell you this because sometimes I do think we apply that linear, very logical mindset to this area of our life. And I think we do ourselves a disservice because let's say we do follow some book or some other protocol of like, oh, do this and you'll manifest your man or whatever. And then it doesn't work out like that. And what do we do? We blame ourselves. We say, oh, I did something wrong or I'm wrong or I'm not smart enough or I'm not good enough or I'm not capable enough or whatever the lack of enoughness is. And that's just not really true. You know, sometimes we have to go back to things that we've done a long time ago. You know, we thought we healed this heartbreak or we thought we healed this stuff with dad or mom or whatever specific situation that's coming up. And there's, I don't want to discredit like, and I don't want you to discredit your own work that you've done. Sometimes, yeah, you have healed stuff. You have worked through stuff. And sometimes it's time to revisit it because maybe there's something you missed. Or maybe there's just simply a level deeper to go. You've gotten as far as you can with the work that you've done now. And now it's just time to peel back an even deeper layer so that you can grow even more in your life and in the relationships and the relationship that you want to call in. So I just want to I guess, gosh, this is really turning into the episode, a bunch of PSAs. Um, But the real reason, well, not the real reason, but the other big reason that I'm telling you this is because I think that this idea that personal development is multifaceted and lots of layers and complex and lots of nuance and things work together and we have to revisit old things all the time is because this really got highlighted in my coaching call today with my client, Patty. So 
we talk about, well, the episode talks about jealousy. You know, Patty is feeling jealous of other people in relationships and how can all these people just be in a relationship and they're, they have no problem trusting other people and letting people into their lives and they're not controlling and they're not future tripping and all these things. And she's like, ah, oh, why can they do it and not me? So that's really where the episode starts. But as you can probably imagine, if you've listened to this show for a while, that there's a lot more things going on behind the scenes and under our, you know, this question that Patty brings to the table. And so we dive into a lot of it, we dissect a lot of it in the in the episode. But I want you to make sure that you listen all the way to the end of the coaching call with Patty. I mean, obviously, I'd love for you to listen to the whole episode, but especially towards the end of my call with Patty and really just make sure you come back in and pay close attention because, you know, ultimately, what Patty needs is a lot of compassion. And, um, you know, I think we probably all need a little bit more compassion, compassion, you know, from our from ourselves, compassion for just being human and what's going on and what we're trying to achieve. And this stuff is hard. And it's not, you know, easy. And while it's not rocket science, and that kind of complexity, it's not easy to put yourself out there all the time and to be vulnerable just to get rejected or ghosted or whatever it is. So I think that compassion is really the name of the game here. You know, relationships and dating is such a sensitive topic. Uh, People will be rude, people will be judgy, people will be patronizing, people who are married will, you know, try to live vicariously through your love life, which doesn't feel great. So there's just like a lot of negative energy around dating in the wider culture, um, you know, that we see in the media, TV, from friends, family, even. And I don't want you to add to that energy. It's already enough. So if you get nothing else from this episode, please just be compassionate to where you are um, in your process is exactly where you need to be. All right, so let's get on to my episode with Patty. Uh, One thing before we get started is I just want to make sure that you know that Patty and I know each other. She is in my Love Incubator program, which is my one-on-one program with a group element. And I run that once a year. I open enrollment every year in the spring and we'll be doing so again next spring in spring 2022. But I just wanted to tell you that because in the episode, we mentioned some previous conversations that we've had. I also say things as if like, I just magically know them. Um, I don't magically know these things about Patty. I know them because we work together and we've had many coaching sessions. Uh, so anyways, just wanted to let you know that just so you have a little bit of a frame of reference as you're listening and if you hear us reference something in a conversation, I don't want you to think that you missed something previous in the episode because you most likely didn't. All right. With that being said, let's get onto my coaching call with Patty. Hi, Patty. Welcome to the show. How can I help today? Hi, Veronica. Thanks for having me here. I have a question which I want to see if you can help me dive in or do some analysis. I think I mentioned in the past in regards to the jealousy of others being in a relationship. And you mentioned something about diving in, like what was something I felt like I didn't have. And I originally said I didn't feel loved or chosen. And then you asked me to go deeper and you made some great examples, which this is where I need your help. I think you mentioned something like they, they believe they're deserving and self-worthy of a relationship or they deserve a supporting and loving relationship. Yeah. And I just wanted to figure out how can I apply this knowledge in perhaps not fixing, but healing or something deeper 
And why do I not believe I'm deserving and self-worthy of a relationship or whatever their deep analysis is, I'm still figuring out. So that trying to take the underneath roots of figuring this out. So I just need your help on this. Yeah. Well, I think the point, I just want to make it clear. I think the point of this exercise that I talked about is not necessarily so you can just like snap into it and be like, okay, I feel worthy of love, you know, because that might take time to get there and a lot of inner child healing. The point of the exercise is really to see that, oh, this person doesn't have anything different that I can't get, you know, like there's no reason that you can't feel worthy of love or worthy, whatever of whatever it is that you want. And a lot of times when we're jealous of other people for what they have, it's something that we don't have direct control over because the truth is, is you don't have direct control over when you'll meet somebody. You just don't. Right. And so if we focus our attention and our jealousy and all that kind of stuff on that, then it's just like, we're chasing something that just feels really, really challenging because you don't have control over it. Do you know what I mean? And so when you just dive into looking a little bit deeper, like, okay, what is it that I'm really jealous of? Because again, we want relationships, we want houses, we want jobs, we want money, we want to be a certain size or whatever, because we believe that'll make us feel a certain way. And some of those beliefs are things that society tells us will feel or believe when we have these things. So sometimes we have to discern a little bit from that and make sure that the desire really is true to ourselves. But ultimately, no matter what, it still goes back down to because it makes you, you believe it'll make you feel a certain way. And so if this person is able to have, like, maybe there's some friend that just is really outgoing and she has no problem putting herself out there. And if people reject her, then she's just able to roll it off, you know, the back or whatever. That's something that you can focus on. Like, how do I want to say it? It's not that like, I want you to be jealous of that instead, but it's, I want you to see like, oh, there's nothing that I don't have control over that, that would prevent me from having that kind of attribute. And that's what I'm actually jealous of when I look at her in this relationship or in this job or in this house or in this whatever. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I was trying to dive deep and I wonder deep down if I'm jealous because others are able to trust men easily and maybe be vulnerable to men easily. Whereas for me, I'm very picky and very guarded. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm wondering if I'm jealous of that. Like, wow, it's so easy for people to let people, uh, other females or men let someone in their life and be in a relationship so easily. And they're not a future tripper like myself. They're not controlling of the future. They're not calculated. They're not uh, scared of, I don't know, like, Maybe they they aren't they don't have this checklist or maybe yeah I I don't know if if I'm jealous because of that those reasons like not like something's wrong with me but just kind of like well what what could I do to I don't know how to change those thoughts into behaviors where I can be at that place like those people. Well, the first thing that I'll say is some of the things that you listed off, you don't know for sure. You know, you don't know for sure whether or not someone's a future shipper. You don't know for sure if someone's actually really, really self-conscious about 
someone liking them back or what the relationship is really like behind closed doors. So I think that's really the first place that you have to kind of practice a little bit of discernment. Like, what do you know for sure? Because you've seen them do it, right? So maybe you've seen them approach somebody completely random and just, I don't know, start having a conversation. Do you know what I mean? That's something that you've actually seen. But in terms of like them not having like this perfect man list or um, not having some manipulative kind of behaviors or uh, future therapy behaviors or thoughts or anxiety. I mean, first of all, like we all have something, you know, no one like has all their shit together. And if anyone is trying to make you think they have all their shit together, they are lying. Right. And so, so I think that's the first thing is like, like how much of this is actually true? How much of this is stuff you actually know? How much of it is part of like a social media highlight reel? Uh, Cause I think that you might be making assumptions about people that may or may not be true. Now, in terms of the thing that you might be jealous of, which is how can some of your friends or these women that you see trust men and you want to be able to trust men like that. So now you're kind of getting into like a different area that I just want to make sure you're super clear on because learning to trust others, whether it's trusting men, trusting women, trusting whoever, it really comes back down to trusting yourself And then having some sort of trust in some sort of divine universe, some sort of thing. And then trusting other people will just, you know, kind of fall into place because you can't practice trusting other people. You you know, what I I see sometimes is people are like, oh, I don't trust men. I don't trust, you know, da, 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 da. And so they go on a date and they want to practice trusting the other person. Okay. And so they practice trusting by you know, letting themselves be a little bit more vulnerable or letting themselves get excited for the person to text back or have the second date when they said they would text back or have the second date or whatever it is. And then they get burned because the person actually goes or the person is not actually emotionally available, et cetera, et cetera. And so then they take it back on themselves and think, oh my gosh, like I tried to trust this person and it completely backfired. It's not safe to trust people. So I can't trust people. And then the walls further, you know, build and thicken and all that kind of stuff. So I would challenge you to see if you see someone who's really able to trust men, I would say it's not men they're actually trusting. It's themselves they're actually trusting. And I think that's what you're seeing because when you trust yourself, then you can do a gut check. Do I feel safe being vulnerable with this person? Do I trust the words that are coming out of this person's mouth? Do their actions align with what they're saying? Those are all gut checks. And a lot of people say, oh yeah, I trust myself, I trust myself. But then they don't actually like believe what they think or believe their intuition or act upon their intuition. And so perhaps these friends are just really, really good at doing those kinds of things. And those are actually the skills that are worth cultivating rather than trying to force yourself to trust someone or trust men or, you know, trust whatever group of people, because you just might be setting yourself up to potentially get even more hurt. Does that make sense? Yeah. My follow-up question is how do I apply trusting myself? Because it's hard for me to grasp that concept or I thought I trust myself or maybe I don't, maybe you can help me. Well, there's, you know, it's not like an on and off switch. It's not like you trust yourself or you don't trust yourself. You know what I mean? Like you probably trust yourself in some areas of your life. You're really successful at your career, right? Like I bet you trust yourself in making career-based decisions. You know, 
you, I know you just bought a house, right? So like you trust yourself in making those kinds of decisions. So mm-hmm. I don't want you to tell yourself the story that you don't trust yourself because there's plenty of evidence in your life to suggest otherwise. And I'm sure there's more examples too. So one thing that you could actually do that's really simple is just list all the ways that you already trust yourself because there's lots. And so let's just change the story that you don't trust yourself because it's just not true. And so can you see how, well, first of all, can you see that? Do you feel that? Yeah, I believe I do trust myself in in many areas of my life, but I just don't trust men easily. And I mean, that's a whole different story of my childhood and me being very right. uh, stories against men. So I see it as two separate things, but I'm trying to figure out the whole, you know, this guarded, you know, guarded against men or automatically find a negative reason to reject someone right away. That's the part that's not trusting. Right. So hold on, I just want to make sure I'm clear. What's the separate things you said, like the childhood stuff and not trusting men is separate. What do you mean? By uh, oh, I meant like, I feel like I overly trust myself in the sense of like, oh, I, I don't know, not overly trust myself. I'm, I feel like maybe I'm brainwashed or it's a habit where I'm like, I don't, I trust myself that I don't trust this guy. (laughs) Um, Or I trust myself in a lot of decisions in the sense of like, I rather make a firm decision about someone. So I think this guy is not good enough. And it's like, it feels weird, like a superiority thing. Like, no one's good enough for me. And I, I don't want to date a loser type of mentality, which I don't know if it sounds conceited, like I overly trust myself or because other areas of my life, I think I, like you mentioned, like other areas, I'm pretty firm of, of, uh, of thing, but I don't know if I'm making sense. No, you're, you're making a lot of sense. And so I think that, with this, I, I definitely think there's probably some trust playing out, but I would also say like the overly trusted or like trust yourself almost too much. Like I understand what you're saying, but I would say that's not really trust. I would say that's still like a lack of, of trust because I don't want you to settle. I don't want you to like, you know, if you want someone who has a certain set of values and maybe some of those values are a certain level of ambition or career success or, you know, financial literacy or whatever it is that you think makes you feel like hoity-toity, like, I don't want you to like go down that path. Like just, let's just like own the values that you have in your life. And then the values that you would then want to share with, with a partner. So I I think it all comes back down to fear, right? Because we don't trust ourselves. Obviously that comes back down to fear that we're going to get hurt. If we are what you're calling overly trusting yourself, which is basically like, no one's good enough. No one's trustworthy. No one is this or that let's call that fear too. Cause everything, I mean, everything that everything comes down to fear, not everything, but like the actions that we don't want to be taking anymore. Look, I'm sure there's like exceptions and I'm kind of talking off the fly right here, but I think for the most part, it always comes back down to fear because we always want to protect ourselves and there's nothing wrong with that. Do you know what I mean? And so this is, you know, what we're really talking about. It's like this multidisciplinary topic, right? Because your inner child is involved here. Right. And we don't have to go into it here in this episode, but like, we know very well, why you have a distrust in men, right? It's not a big surprise. And there's a lot of compassion that you can have for yourself and for your inner child there. 
Do you know what I mean? And so you've got to pull some of those practices, not just in your inner work when you're doing your journaling or your meditation or whatever, but also like in your interactions, like you have to be able to be reparenting and nurturing and holding space for that little girl when she just wants to shut all of these guys out because none of them feel safe. Right. So there's that piece. And then there's the jealousy piece of like, you know, how are you comparing yourself to other people, you know, who maybe can trust men who don't have seem or at least seem on the outside to have problems with that. So there's that piece. Right. And so hopefully when you can see that you do trust yourself in some areas, maybe there's still these goals that you have around being able to trust yourself more when it comes to men and dating and relationships, but hopefully seeing you being able to trust yourself in other areas of your life, like your career and finances and all that stuff, hopefully you begin to see a little bit more of yourself in these friends that you're, and these other people that you're jealous of, like, oh, I actually have what they have too. You know what I mean? Or, or it's not so far off, not as far off as I thought. So then there's that piece. And then we're talking about the trust and the self-trust. And then we're talking about, well, what is it that you actually want in a relationship? Um, what are the values that you want your partner to have? What are the values that you want your relationship? You know, your relationship is not like, you know, we often look at pieces of our life as if it was like, you know, like a big pie chart or whatever. It's like, we got our career here. We've got our relationships, our spirituality, our community, our health, all these things. And like, in some ways, like, yes, that's a fine way to look at your life. But I also think when it comes to a relationship and specifically when you're looking for a lifelong partnership, you know, it's not like you become your person, your person becomes you, but you are sharing a lot of your life together. So just to put it in like a little pizza pie slice, like, isn't really the best image. I'm not sure exactly what the best image is. Cause it's not really like there's two points in the center because like you have your life and they have their life as well, but there's a lot of merging that goes there. And so there might be some room there for you to get some clarity around what you want and what you need in a relationship. And that's, you know, you don't have to know everything now because you're going to know, you're going to learn some things through trial and error, you know, but you do have an idea, I think already of some of the things that you definitely do and definitely don't want. And then the final piece on top of all of this is discernment. And this is really where I think, you know, if boundaries are the application of self-love, then discernment is really the application of self-trust and our intuition, because there will be people that you meet that aren't trustworthy that don't deserve your vulnerability. And that, I mean, all that stuff is a privilege. And I think that vulnerability is kind of talked about in the wrong way in this space. Like, it's like, oh, you have to be vulnerable, da, 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 da. And you do have to be vulnerable, but being vulnerable doesn't mean like airing all your dirty laundry. It doesn't mean telling your deepest circuit secrets. It doesn't mean giving your family history or relationship history on date one. Being vulnerable is simply like, I'm really excited to meet you. I've been looking forward to this that's being vulnerable because you're putting yourself on the line. You know what I mean? Like that's being vulnerable. And so when I ever say, you know, you got to be vulnerable on a date, like that's what I'm talking about. And I try to be clear about that, but if I'm not, I'm being clear right now. Like that's what I mean by, by um, being vulnerable, but that requires, that requires discernment. You have to be like, I'm getting good vibes from this person. I don't really like to use the word vibes. Uh, Maybe we'll go with energy. I don't know. I'm getting good energy, like safe energy from this person. They seem to be integrity. What they're saying seems to align with their actions. Sometimes you're not going to be getting good energy from them. And that's your discernment just going like, no, no, abort, 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 or whatever. And sometimes you're not going to know. Sometimes you're going to go on a date and you're like, I don't know. I mean, 
there wasn't anything glaring. There wasn't anything bad, but there wasn't anything amazing. And, you know, that's a personal call. I kind of go towards a tendency of like, give it a couple dates. Cause sometimes people can be a little nervous and awkward on the first date or two. And again, I, I digress. That's a different whole different topic, but can you see how like all these different things kind of layer on top of one another, they work together because like all the while through all of this, you've also got to have, you know, little Patty with you and you got to be nurturing her because she might be wanting to like run away from all of it or just being like, none of this is going to work or all of these guys are crap or whatever. And you know what? Sometimes all the guys might be crap, but sometimes it might also just be fear and keeping people at an arm's length. And again, that's when discernment comes in and you've got to decide, is this fear that's making me think, eh, not so much? Or is it truly my intuition saying like, this is a no-go? So the next question would be, how do I work on the inner child fear? Hoping like maybe if I do that, then maybe on the... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Outside, it would lead to a good behavior or pattern. What do you mean by the second part of your question? Like... You know, usually when you heal your inner child, it your it'll automatically lead to the subconscious of maybe the ultimate goal is that on the outside I'm actually able to evolve and finally trust instead of being like walls up, like putting my guards up. So I'm wondering how do I apply child work, uh, inner child work to knock down the walls and not always be in fear or guarded. Mm -hmm. Okay. 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 So let's do this. So go ahead and close your eyes for me and just ask your inner child what she needs to feel safe. Nothing's coming up for me. Okay. I think she knows. I think, uh, she's afraid making a mistake. Okay. Um, What what kind of mistake? afraid of making a mistake on of choosing the wrong person okay or maybe if someone you know maybe a person will change or the person is not who they really are or okay see so I'm gonna pause you so see how this comes back down to (laughs) self-trust You've got to discern whether or not you're getting a good read on this person. 
And it does take practice. And so I want to talk about the mistake piece because, and this might be when you talk about, when you ask like, okay, so how do I help my inner child? Like kind of get over the sphere. Well, that's going to be different for every single person, for you, for everyone listening, because you've all obviously had very different life experiences and different stories told to you. And so there might be different ways in which the fear is playing out. And it seems like for you, the fear is playing out that you don't want to make a mistake. And why? I think we can infer making a mistake when you were younger meant something bad was going to happen. You'd be punished. Do you know what I mean? And so now part of the work is in your inner work, but then also when you're actually going out and doing the thing, but helping your inner child see that like, it's okay. You can make a mistake and we can also reframe it and and say, they're not really mistakes. They're all just like opportunities to learn and grow. I mean, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like we can call it that if you want, if you want to call it mistakes, that's fine too, whatever you want to call it, but it's okay. We learn through mistakes. We grow through mistakes. You know, and again, like being vulnerable, isn't like an on or off switch. It's not like I'm being vulnerable. I'm not being vulnerable. It's like a faucet. You can gradually turn it on. So like, if you are kind of not sure about someone, you can turn it on to like, you know, like think of it as a dial, like it goes up to a hundred, you can turn it up to a five and kind of see how it's feeling. And if it feels good, great, keep going up, keep going up. And the second, like, you know, they're not respecting your time or your boundaries, or they're not validating your feelings or their actions aren't aligning with their words or whatever other kind of like it kind of feel you get that's when you start turning back down the dial you know so and and you might depending on the situation you might just turn it back down five points and say hey we have a conversation or it might be just like a nope that's done and you might be turning it back down to a zero and you'll be moving on you know what i mean like and again that's just going to depend on the exact situation but it's okay. You can make a mistake. It's fine. Yeah. And you might need to tell your inner child that over and over and over again. And this is where you have to also just like, not just get stuck in the inner work because like your inner child may never fully feel like it's okay. Or she's okay. Making a mistake. Uh, you might actually have to go out and, you know, actually make a mistake and then parent her through that. And that will help build that resilience, build that confidence that like, yeah, I can, I can do this. You know, I can make a mistake. I can also trust myself and my discernment's pretty damn good. But if I make a mistake, that's okay. You know, so it's like the self-talk while you're doing the thing, but it's also the inner work too. Mm. You know, that's part of your regular practice. Mm. Yeah, no, thank you. I think that's helpful is to heal the inner child in making a mistake. Um, I mean, all areas of life, but especially like in who to date and if it progressed. And the second thing that came up as you were talking is I think there's a fear of letting someone in. And let's say after a couple of dates or maybe even a month, it seems great. And I'm really happy and excited and thinks this person is really strong potential. And somehow the person loses interest or it doesn't work out. And having my hopes like be disappointed, I think that's another. I don't know what's the term for it. I think that's another fear. The fear of rejection, <laughs> you know, which a lot of people have. All right. I will say two things. One, whatever it is, you can get through it. And that's just, you know, as long as you're signing up for dating, then part of the deal is that you're signing up to potentially be rejected 
So that's part of it. And I'm going to say something controversial here and some people might not agree, but I think it's, again, I never say anything is, I just said it. I rarely say anything is true hundred percent of the time or not true hundred percent of the time. So I don't really like to speak in absolute. So I will say, I don't know, this is totally like a made up number, 99.99% of the time, 90% of the time, 95%, I don't know, something like that really high up there. Most things, most breakups don't happen out of the blue. As long as, you know, you're connected with yourself and you're connecting, like you're doing gut checks. You know, I think that when, when breakups are out of the blue, whether it's someone just like, and look, I get, obviously things happen, random things happen, whatever. And I, and I do, and maybe someone, and I'm sure there are plenty of people that are really, really good at like the, you know, just being like, oh, I can't think of the word. That's of my tongue, you know, just really good at like luring someone in. And then like, I, I know there's people that are very manipulative and good at that. I also think you can sniff right through that. If, you know, if you've done your work and your intuition is, is spot on, actually intuition is always spot on. It's a matter of whether or not there's a bunch of junk on top of it anyways. So again, I think this comes back down to self-trust. Like I think that when breakups come out of the blue or things seem to be going well, then all of a sudden they pull out or say they're not interested or whatever. A lot of those times it's, we're lying to ourselves. We're really, really into the person. They're filling some sort of void for us and we're ignoring either willfully or not the writing that's on the wall. I can think of many relationships like this where it was out of the blue, but it was not out of the blue. Like I knew even not, not like even in retrospect, but like I knew. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And again, I know there's exceptions to this, but again, that's part of the deal with dating. It's just part of the deal. Yeah. I think that the, that scenario along with making a mistake, I think that's, it kind of goes hand in hand because that's where the future tripper comes in mind where like uh, the first day and my high alert, high analysis. And like, I quickly judge right away because I think because one, I'm afraid of making a mistake. Number two is like, well, what if I become vulnerable and like the person? And what if I do like the person after X amount of dates? And then I get disappointed because one, it doesn't work out or two, I don't know, whatever happened. Well, but here's the thing. So, okay. This will be the last thing. So you're getting into like, this is, I'm look, I'm queen of future shippers. Like I am very good at it myself. So I, I totally hear you. And future tripping is just imagination. That's all it is. So it's like, oh my gosh, what if it doesn't work out? What if it doesn't work out? But what if it does work out? It's like, that is just as likely to happen mm-hmm. as it is for it to not work out. And yet where does all of our attention go? And then our fear builds and then our actions mm-hmm. are based on that motion because that's where actions come from. Mm-hmm. So instead I invite you to imagine, well, what if it does work out? What kind of emotions does that evoke? Does it evoke hope? Does it evoke... um I don't know, excitement, something like that. And then what kind of actions will come from those emotions? You know, and, and so you can just see how your approach to the relationship would be very, very different. And again, like I said earlier in our in our call today, like this is multifaceted. Like we've got to bring in the inner child. We've got to bring in discernment. We've got to bring in the jealousy and what the jealousy is really bumping up against. We've got to bring in all of these things. Um, and that's why 
you know, personal development is, is complex and it's not a linear path and it's not like a step one, step two, step two, step three, and then boom, you're good. Um, and it's not like a, you know, I did this, here's my framework. You do it like this too. And it'll work for you. Like, no, it's like humans are, are complex. And so I think that if we allow ourselves to have space for this complexity and nuance and the so-called taking one step forward, two steps back, even though I think that's not really what's actually happening, but I certainly understand it can feel like that. Um, But if we allow more space for this, then it actually becomes easier to get to where we want to go. Because if we're trying to like work on our issues, but we're also beating ourselves up constantly about it, like, can you see the problem in that? it's a huge problem. And I think it's probably one of the main things that keeps people stuck, you know? And so, you know, when we were talking about mistakes originally, I said this over and over ago, like, it's okay. It's okay. You can make mistakes. And so when you're talking with your inner child, like that's the kind of tone in the word, it's okay. You can make mistakes, sweetheart. That's okay. That's allowed. That's what life is. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. We learn through contrast. We we know what success is because we know what mistakes are and failure is. We know what love is because we know what fear is. We know what happiness is because we know what sadness is. It's okay. You make mistakes as part of it, you know? And it just creates a whole, totally different environment for you to navigate all this stuff through. Is this helpful? Yes. Thank you. It's very helpful. I like when you talked about the framing of the things of like, uh, instead of thinking what could go wrong, but thinking of positive emotions of like being hopeful and excited because I think that will also reframe how I date. And, you know, I think it will show in my face when I meet people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's important. That's all energy. Yeah. It doesn't, you don't have to like psych yourself out and make yourself feel something that you're genuinely not. Cause obviously we always want to meet ourselves where we are. My thought process in sharing that with you is, your mind can easily create all these scenarios of like, what it does, what if it doesn't work out as if like, that's the inevitable, but what if you ask yourself, what if it does work out? And that's when your mind can really be like, oh yeah, what if it does? All right. All right, my dear. Thank you so much. Good job. Thank you, Veronica. If you like what you hear in these kinds of episodes, imagine what we could do if it was just you and me working together over many months. Listen, I know what it's like to feel stuck and hopeless in your love life. I remember throwing everything in my love life in the hopes that something will stick and I'd finally catch a break. It wasn't until I stopped changing up my profile for the millionth time or telling myself that next time will be different from the millionth time that things actually start to shift for me. In order to find deep love, you've got to do the deep work. And through my own experience of crappy dating, helping hundreds of women before you, and my expertise in inner child work, I can help you make the inner shifts you need to get the outer shifts you want. When you work with me, we dig into your past relationships, your childhood, and deep-rooted beliefs so we can unravel your relationship patterns and get you into the deep love you want to be in. It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and haven't figured it out yet, or you're newer in the personal growth space. What matters is that you're done with being where you are now and you're ready to invest time, money, and energy into dramatically up-leveling your love life. If that sounds like what you want, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. I've got limited spots available, so please don't put this off if this is something that you want this year. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to schedule your call. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. 
Talk soon. And in the meantime, let's get back to the episode. Thank you so much, Patty, for coming onto the show. As always, I so appreciate everyone's vulnerability and courage by coming onto the show. And speaking of, if you are interested in being coached by me for free on the podcast, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. And there you'll find a link to sign up. This episode is coming out in early September and I'll be recording podcasts for the fall super, super soon. So if you would like to have a free 20 to 30 minute call with me, I would love to coach you. Uh, So again, go to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast, scroll all the way to the bottom. And there's a link that says something along the lines of want to be coached or something like that. And you'll fill out a quick Google form. And then when I am scheduling those calls, I will be in touch. Okay, so first, let's talk about jealousy. And I just want to say that If you have felt jealous towards somebody, if you are feeling jealous towards someone now, you are not a bad person. It's just a very normal human emotion and experience. And while dealing with jealousy can be difficult enough, I think what makes jealousy even more difficult is the story that we tell ourselves and the judgment that we pass on ourselves because we feel jealous. So for example, if you're thinking, oh my God, why can't I just be a good person and just be happy for my friend? because she got in a relationship. And now I'm just feeling jealous. I'm such a bitch. I'm such a bad person. And so now we're putting us in this like dichotomy of good person versus bad person. And when you're in that kind of space, it just makes the feeling of jealousy that much more toxic and much more not good feeling. And also it makes it even more difficult to move out of feeling that way because you're just digging yourself deeper and deeper in a hole. So obviously, I mean, compassion just seems to be the theme of this episode. So one compassion for yourself, you're just you're you're being human and someone else got in a relationship, how would you not feel at least a little bit jealous? The other thing is that you can feel two things, right? I think we live in this world. You know, we live in a very polarized world where you're pro this or anti that pro this or anti that. And the thing is, is that you can be happy for a friend and feel jealous right? It doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think the more that we can allow for these complexities and allow even competing emotions to exist at the same time, and also just be compassionate, it'll be so much easier to to work through. So once we've established that, the next piece of jealousy is to do what I did with Patty, which is say, okay, what's really underneath the jealousy, right? Because we want things in our life, whether it's a house, a car, a new job, a partner, money, whatever it is, because we believe it'll make us feel a certain way. And so the same is true, whether you're trying to manifest, you know, like a physical thing, like a partner or a house or whatever. And the same thing is true if you're jealous of something, because that would assume that you want that thing in your life. So what's the layer deeper? So when you're looking at someone who is in a relationship, for example, and you're feeling jealous, what is it that you have complete control over that you're actually jealous of? So for Patty, what we discovered is what she's really jealous of and what she's really almost even in awe or admiration of is how did this person like let this person into their lives? Like how did they get to a place where they're able to trust themselves or trust the other person that not only do they feel safe in doing so, but it's actually an enjoyable 
wonderful addition to their life. And that she has complete control over, right? She doesn't have 100% control over when her person will come into her life, right? She has 50% control, but not 100%. So she has 100% control over whether or not she does the work to be more trusting, trusting herself, trusting others, being vulnerable, letting someone in her life. Not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, just like that. But she doesn't need anyone else involved or to come into her life to make it happen to begin doing that work. Okay, so the second big tenet that I want to talk about that came up in this episode is trust. And specifically trusting others and wanting to know if someone is trustworthy or not to bring them into your life. Now, here's the thing. Trusting others is ultimately about trusting yourself. So I hear a lot of talk on the interwebs that you know, men aren't trustworthy, you don't trust this person, you don't trust that group of people. And I totally hear you. And I have a lot of compassion. And it all comes back down to trusting yourself. Because the truth is, is yeah, there are plenty of people on this earth, men and women, or whoever, that aren't trustworthy, right? But that's not your problem, right? Like we know those people exist, those people have always existed, and they will forever exist, right? The problem is that you don't trust yourself to know whether or not someone is trustworthy or not. You don't trust yourself to make that call. And that's the work. So you don't learn to trust by, okay, I'm going to go on a date and just practice trusting the other person. As I explained to Patty, you might get burned. And that's going to make it even more difficult to learn how to cultivate trust in the future because Every time you have an experience that confirms the story that you don't trust others or men aren't trustworthy or whatever it is, then it's just going to make it that much more difficult to let go. So if you constantly tell yourself or your friend or whoever that you don't trust other people, please turn the spotlight back on you and do the inner work so that you can begin trusting yourself to make that judgment call as to whether or not someone is trustworthy. Okay, so the third thing that I want to talk about is vulnerability. Now, Patty and I talked a little bit about vulnerability, and I, and I described it as this dial, right? You can be 0% vulnerable, you can be 100% vulnerable, and then you can be anything in between. And so as you're getting to know someone, as you're building that trust, like, okay, yeah, I'm getting good energy from this person, I'm getting a good feel, I'm getting a good read, you can slowly begin to turn the vulnerability dial up and begin to open up and share more and more things. I do just want to say that it's a privilege. You know, I know that uh, there's a lot of memes out there and a lot of like hot takes around being vulnerable and how you have to be vulnerable to have this kind of relationship or that kind of relationship. And that's totally true. You know, and I've said this, right? You You do need to have a level of vulnerability for a connection to potentially exist. But it's still a privilege and it doesn't mean that like you're going to show up 100% vulnerable, right? Because like you don't know if this person is trustworthy. You don't know who this person is. And so you might start at 5% vulnerable and then slowly build up the dial, right? So this is different than trust because trust is pretty much something that's like an on or an off. You trust someone or you don't trust someone, right? Like I will sometimes ask a client, like, do you trust this person? And they're like, well, you know, most of the time, I'm like, no, then it's a no, it's a no, right? Like there's no most of the time, there's no, well, mostly, you know, if it's not like a hundred percent, yes, I trust this person, then it's a no. Vulnerability is not like that. Vulnerability can be something that you can dial up or dial back, just depending on the read that you're getting, how they're reacting, if they're also equally, you know, opening up as, as well. 
Okay, I'm going to wrap this episode up here. I know that we covered a lot in this episode, and I think this would actually be a really good one to take a second pass at. Um, Just because, you know, I talked about the three big themes here. I talked about jealousy, trust, and vulnerability, but ultimately there was a lot of other stuff going on in this episode with Patty. And so I think this would be one of those episodes where if you listen to it a second time, maybe even a third time, you'll pick up some things that you might have just missed or heard, but not really heard the first time around. So I don't know. I always recommend my clients uh, re-listen to our coaching calls because there's always things that they don't really hear the first time or they're like, wow, I said that. Anyway, so I recommend that for this episode as well. And next week, I'm switching up the schedule just a little bit. I've actually got a guest coming onto the show and she is a matchmaker. I've never had a matchmaker on the show. And I'm super excited because we've got a super exciting announcement. We are actually co-hosting a workshop together later this month. It's totally free. And we'll share all the details next week. So make sure you listen then. And until then, talk soon. If you've got it all but love, you're ready to uplevel your love life and the work we did in this episode resonates, I want you to strongly consider working with me one-on-one. You'll never hear me say, you just got to get out there more or you got to love yourself more. Working together is your opportunity for me to guide you in doing the deep work so you can transform your love life from the inside out. I actually don't care what app you're on or what your texting game is like or how many dates a month you go on. I care about doing the deep work so you can attract a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process. So if you're looping or feeling stuck in your patterns and can psychoanalyze yourself to death, I can get you to where you want to go. If you're serious about finding love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest time and money into yourself, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can explore if working together is the next right step for you. You can learn more and schedule your consult at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much in advance. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. 
Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.